Hey everyone, welcome to episode 113 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And think of this as our Welcome Back Jeff episode, one, number 113. It's good to be back. <laughs> it's good to have you back. And this is our fourth edition of our annual 2018 Summer Series, where we invite guests to share their journeys and insight with us. This year, we're blessed with FHC members who are sharing their favorite scriptures and the impact it's had on their lives. For anyone who has ever attended an FHC church retreat, today's guest will be no stranger to you or your humor sensibilities. But before we begin, last week was week three of said series featuring an amazingly transparent and uplifting conversation with FHC member Raina Nobles, speaking on a variety of verses where we took to heart that sharing a little of our life story will hopefully inspire those listening to search out their own verses, their own inspiration from God. Keep it in their hearts and let that change them and leading them to action. If you've missed any episode or one of the messages, you can always find them by swiping up in iTunes on the episode notes or by clicking on episodes at hospitalchurch.org slash podcast. All the links to everything you need is there. And of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't invite you to download the Florida Hospital Church mobile app and everything you need there that regards to or pertains to the hospital church you can find there. All right, on to this week. David Banks, how did you get roped into this? Well, you can't say no to Tammy. That's how you get, that's <laughs> oh. how you get roped into anything. I think, that's why I'm married, I yeah. I said, Jeff, <laughs> you understand that better than those. Uh, so you were syncomonied. I was syncomonied. Yeah. Yes, well, that's perfect. Well, Tammy, just thank you, because I've already heard the message this morning. This is an unusual Sabbath morning taping between services, as there's a bunch of things happening here at the church that are going to preclude us from doing it at normal time this week, but... David, as someone who grew up in an extremely legalistic atmosphere and church community that, like the fish in your opening remarks, didn't even realize that the rules were not the good news, one sentence struck me as key for us to realize and remember. You said, when we speak about it, good news starts to become something else. Right. And what is it about our understanding and our speak, if you will, that just can't seem to keep us from denigrating the most important truths that this world is longing for and will ever possibly know, and is something that causes those same people that need it to reply to our version with, as you described, hard to see and difficult to talk about. Yeah, I think it gets difficult to talk about because we get in the way of it, and there's something in our humanity that thinks we should have a role. And the idea of surrender, the mm. idea of letting God lead, we can say it and we can try to act upon that. But as we put those things into action, wow, it gets complicated. <laughs> and you end up talking about all sorts of other things rather than the basic fundamental truth, which is there is a God and he's made a way for us to be reconciled to him. And our only responsibility is to put our faith in that reconciliation. Mm. Everything else just starts to get in the way. And that's kind of where that thought came from. How often do you think we realize that we're pushing this negative narrative, if you will. I mean, because I see a lot of people that will talk in such a way that they are very obvious visually. They are convinced, they are convicted that the way that they're portraying this is something that should make you want to be a part of what they're talking about. And yet at the same time, you can see the other person just like <laughs> shutting down and going, yeah. there's no way I would do this. You know, we like our truth. And it's hard for us to think that if our truth isn't true for everybody, it might not be true. But we serve such a big God who mm. is trying to reconcile the entire world into himself. I have been reconciled to God, I believe, through our Adventist faith community. And I love our community. Um, sure. Yeah. Growing up to your point, 
I was raised with lots of things that, you know, you when you realize, oh, there's going to be other than Adventist in heaven. I mean, that's a thought you actually have as a teenager that you have to reconcile with. And you realize, oh, no, there's going to be others. It's not just us. God is that big. He wants to connect with all of his children. And he's going to do it in whatever way that that works, which means for me, it's through the Adventist community. It's very possible. It's through other communities and other traditions for other people. And somehow I have to be comfortable enough with that, that my truth is real and that God may choose a different way to reach out to someone else. And that does not mean they're wrong. Yeah. I think we sometimes feel a a gratification when we think, oh yeah, God's on my side, but he's not on anybody else's. Right. Yeah, that's and kind of uh, the story always comes up to me is when Joshua is getting ready to go fight the battle at Jericho, and he, this shining warrior is in his way, and he says, "Whose side are you on? And uh, are you on our side, or are you on the enemy's side?" And you think about Joshua being on God's side to go fight the heathens, and then this warrior says, "I'm not on." anybody's side. Neither, he says. Right. I'm from the army of a God. <laughs> and, and so all of a sudden you start to realize how big God is. Right. But And by the way, Dave said he wasn't athletic in his sermon. I've hmm. played football <laughs> oh, with on. Dave, and I know he's quite athletic. But even in our, comp, in our competitive ways, we really do. We want to be able to think that I'm an ambassador, but I'm the best ambassador. Right. So we have this kind of insecurity about how God sees me or how I see me mostly. Yeah. I always get this visual. Now, growing up as a kid in the early 70s and 80s, Happy Days was a big thing on TV. Sure. sure. I always get, I think about this specifically, I always think about the Fonz because, <laughs> and if you remember these, I think there was only a handful of episodes where he ever had to admit that he was wrong and he couldn't. Right. And all he kept saying was, I was, roo, 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 roo. <laughs> and it's like, you know, like the cool, and, yeah. I, and I feel yes. like we're the same way because we feel like we're the cool guy. We're the keeper of the truth, like you talked about. And there is no way that we can possibly let those words escape because my goodness, what could the ramifications be? And, and that goes right into what my next thing I wanted to talk about was six days versus six billion. Yes. I've never personally heard the answer to both sides of this debate by realizing that arguing the talking points is not the story. Right. Just just framed in that context, but rather that the power lies in the who and why of creation. So tell me how you came to put that together with Isaiah 55, 8, and 9, where— It's a good question. You know, and how that came about in your mind to to make this or to put this together, because I think it's crucial that people understand that part. Sure. That's not an original thought to me. Actually, uh, one of our members here, Danny Howell, has Mm -hmm. done a lot of thinking. And I've heard other scientists talk about that the Bible is a tremendous truth as it relates to who we are and why we're here. It's not a great science book. Yeah. And that's a little controversial to say. And for me, what gives me comfort in that, because I do believe that we were created, and I'm fine to accept the six-day creation. That's really not the point. But to linger too long on that, when God has already told us, I function at such a higher level than you, you just have to trust me. My ways sure. are so far. And so whether you're talking about creation or not holding people's sins against them, these are kind of mind-wrecking ideas for us. And so for me to try to outthink God and try to diagram, well, this is how we did it, and it's, there's 620, it's just not the point. It's not the point. The point is that God is bigger than all of us and has made a way to reconcile us back to him and is inviting us to join him in that. That's the amazing part. And I just think we get distracted sometimes on 
really kind of pointless debates because they do feed the self. Sure. It's very gratifying to debate somebody and think I'm going to be right and try to right. prove a point. I think we're off track when that happens. You know, and I should have thought about this. There is an episode, and you can go back into the archives and look at it, Debating with Grace, which hmm. if you find oh, yourself right. in this type of situation where you have this need for the self-gratification of being right or in that debating process, go back in the archives, and I can't give you an episode number because I wasn't planning on or I hadn't thought about referencing that, but that's a good one where we had – who was who were our panelists that day, Greg or Jeff? Do you remember? Greg, I'm calling you Greg now because – Yeah, I've been away so long. That's Greg's That's chair. okay. I, oh, man, I, I think the sermon was on being wrong, wasn't the sermon? Yeah, on, and then yeah. we had the afternoon session debating with Grace yes. with um, the voice of God. What's his name? Steve. Steve. Oh, oh man. man. It was Campolo uh, and yeah, come. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, Campolo Tony Campolo and, yeah. and Steve. Um, he does the, and you think about that, radio yeah. spot. So anyway. He'll come to me. But if you go yeah. back and search for that in the archives under Debate with Grace, you'll find that episode. It's a good reminder to just go through when you're talking to anyone about the, about really about anything because you're still an ambassador for God, how you handle any of those situations, not just something as right. maybe large scale as this, but – Getting back on point, how do we reconcile this to someone who doesn't believe and maybe more importantly is not convicted, like you said, that they were created by a loving God for a great purpose? How do we reconcile that with them? Yeah, to me, that that is the fundamental point. And we do get caught up in a lot of the structures and technicalities of belief and religion and fundamental beliefs. The real question, and this is where faith for me is its most active, because this isn't built on proof points. It's why it's called faith. Nadia Bowles-Weber has another quote that says, if I try to explain everything about God, I've just reduced him to my level of intelligence. <laughs> oh, ouch. Right. So yeah. to me, the faith that has yeah. to step in, and people could make this conscious choice, I don't believe I'm created. If you can make the leap, if you can have the, the faith to say, I do believe I'm created, the unlimited possibilities that get unlocked for you as a way of living in a life is amazing. But it does require someone to make that choice. choice. That, and although we're told in Scripture as well, even God will give you the, the urging, the inkling, the, the nudge, if you sure. will, to look in that direction. But you know what? It's a choice. At the end of the day, deeply, all of us have to sit with ourselves and say, do I believe? Sure. And if I believe, I believe. And now I'm in. And the unlimited yeah. possibility part is really what's exciting to me. But someone on the other side of it that's not convicted essentially has to have that same faith. It's not like you have – I mean, yes, you, like you said, you have to make a little leap of faith to believe that there is a higher power and that you were created to do something. But if you don't believe in that, it's not like you can just believe in nothing. Right. There, there has to be a faith in, faith in if you're going to take up the, the mantle of evolution and believe that that's how we all came into existence. You still have to have faith because you know we weren't there. It doesn't – you have to believe in something, and you have to have faith in order to believe in that, something that you weren't at that particular moment right. in time. And, you know, I, I heard Craig Barnes speak not too long ago. He's the president of the Theological Seminary at Princeton, and he made a, an amazing point where he said, God is not troubled by doubt. What God is troubled by is fear, mm. because fear is the opposite of love, which is why love casts out fear. Yeah. Yep. God will help us with our doubt. And so the opposite of love is not or the inverse of what we're looking for is really is how do we work through that doubt, which God has promised already to help us with. The real challenge is fear. Sure. If we're fear-based in our thinking, and that really stuck with me in terms of what mm. Craig Barnes talked yeah, about. Yeah, that sometimes happens, though, through the doubt. If the doubt is 
there's an initiative that doubt causes in terms of fear. Mm-hmm. But I do think that if we're looking at it from the standpoint of doubt, I think actually God invites doubt. And I have people that say, well, you, you said it in your sermon, where is God? You know, and they right, start to right. doubt, is his presence even with me? But I think that's the part that God actually says, I want you to search for me. I want you to see and look and find me because I'm here. You just don't see me kind right. of a thing. That's exactly right. So I think God invites that doubt. You spoke to our nature as humans, and you used Eve in the Garden of Eden as a reference to the power of self. Even with a world of perfection, which obviously we will never know, how do you think that we even have a chance at doing things God's way? I mean, hmm. when you lay that out that argument and you say, just like people say, man, if I was one of the 12, oh, right, man, right. My, <laughs> my faith in Jesus, unshakable yeah. <laughs> because, man, I had Jesus for those couple of years, day in and day out. I learned everything from Jesus. And yet proving again in the same kind of the same parallel, they had everything perfect. All It was just the one thing. It was obvious. It wasn't a secret. It wasn't like, oh, well, let's don't tell them about that and see what happens. We have secret cameras rolling right, behind the right. scenes, you know. So how can we have hope to have a chance at doing things God's way and enjoying joining him in this reconciliation when we're not even going to have the benefit of what they had? If they couldn't do it, if even Adam couldn't do it, if the disciples couldn't get it right, <laughs> what, yeah. what chance do we have? Well, to me, this is actually the liberating aspect of the good news, and I don't know we have an opportunity to lean into this more is exactly the point you made. I don't have a chance to do it. I have, I have no opportunity to do it by myself. And when I enter, even entertaining the thought of maybe I can get good enough, or maybe my rituals are strong enough. It's all folly. It is all folly. And to me, the strength of the good news gets obscured when it gets reduced into these just beliefs and rituals and liturgy and all these sorts of things. Not that those things can't drive you into a sacred space, but they're not the thing that saves you. And so for me, it's actually liberating to say, yeah, I have no chance. There's no way I do this on my own. It would be no different than if you asked me to swim across the ocean, I'd tell you it's not possible. My only hope is to find a boat. In this case, my (laughs) only hope is to have faith in God and believe in what he's already promised to do and just keep myself in that space. I don't know anything else to do. It's almost like the non-answer that just yeah, I, I don't have a chance. The reassurance comes from that fact that it just continually points you back to God as the only answer. You know, the thing that's amazing to me in the Bible is when we try to help God, mm. we end up looking like Peter, cutting off the ear, right? Oh, I'm <laughs> going to help God. and I'm gonna, We yeah. look like Moses. We start striking rocks, <laughs> right? When we try mm. to insert ourselves <clears throat> and start helping, we just mess it up, right? Even with yep. the disciples and their close proximity to God, we got this. We're going to sit on your left and your right, and we're going to organize this. We're going to take over. This is going to be amazing. It's like, no, it's none of that. None of your efforts are going to help in this. The only thing that's going to help is you placing your trust and faith in me and let me do it. That's it. Yeah. And so our self, the Eve self that we talked about in the sermon, man, it wakes up every day wanting to do something else, which is why I love Paul's words that say, I die daily. I I just die daily. daily. I don't know any other way. Yeah. That is really... (laughs) Just that alone is really kind of defeating in terms of all the Bible story books yeah. that we've ever read as kids, because your parents tried to get you to be as faithful as Daniel, have right. leadership skills of Moses. and <laughs> have the, I never thought about it. Yeah. Now we've got to rewrite all the books. Now, oh, now I'm, I'm thinking, oh, shoot. You so know. take your Bible friends' books, take them and light them on fire, throw them out. Je- Pastor Jeff said so. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no, but for me in those stories, the powerful ones are Solomon at the end of his life saying, 
yeah, there's nothing but God. Moses' farewell speech is probably the most powerful thing for me in the Old Testament, yeah. where he says, all we can do is trust God. Now, this is a man who's experienced everything he's experienced. His leadership lesson is trust God. God. Solomon at the end, there's nothing but God. David, through all of his struggles, yep. it's God. If we try to pattern our lives after their behaviors, we're in trouble. We're, screwed. we're in trouble. Yep, you got it. if anybody tries to do it after my behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are quickly running out of time, but I wanted to get to one thing. Uh, God's reconciliation in this to the average person just seems as complicated and seen from as many sides, as many angles as the six days versus six billion years. Because everybody has a take. Everybody has an idea. Everybody has a thought about this this is how we achieve it. This is how it works. And so what can we or what what should we take away from this concept that really holds this idea to the fire and proves God's for us, not against us? For someone that's just going, I don't really get this God's reconciliation, what's the one thing that you just really took out of this as you prepared for the message that just says, yeah, this is why I believe that God's reconciliation is— Well, two, two thoughts. I was fortunate to hear a lot of Graham Maxwell early in my life, and he's the one that talks about the Hosea story. If you need to understand God's character, just read the book of Hosea. There is no nothing but a desire to be with his children. And so that's why for me the Charlotte Elliott song, Just As I Am, says, well, if that's God's nature, if Hosea is an accurate reflection and that can be trusted, and then if it's the Just As I Am song, if I just need to show up— To me, I don't know that it's any more complicated than that. I have trust in God that he will do what he said he will do, which is accept me. I just have to show up. Excellent. I don't know how to say it any other way. Showing up is a description of the ambassador. Sure. Yeah. Well, as always, we never have enough time, particularly when we have guests that we don't get to talk to very often. You just want to keep talking. But as we wrap it up, this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, are there people in your life that you are still counting their sins against them? What benefit would you experience if you released this burden? Now, this is obviously something I'm not expecting a reply or comment from, but rather to ponder an answer for yourself and all the possibilities of a release of this burden and all the benefits that would bring into your life. So just something to think about this week. And if you haven't had a chance to watch this message yet, please do not miss it. Go back and you can do it in the archives. You can do it on the Hospital Church website. But make sure you watch this message because there was so much that we didn't get to that was uber important to help bring this concept all together. And our final thoughts come from a quote from Nadia Boltz Weber taken from a video that preceded David's message, and I think it wraps it all up. God isn't waiting for you to become something else in order to love you. If that's something else you can hold on to this week and ongoing as you think about this as God's reconciliation and that he loves you and he's for you, not against you, that might be just a a one sentence that you can keep in your mind. Maybe put it on someplace prevalent in your home, your mirror, and just think about each morning. And there may be no greater truth for any one of us today, whether you're a Christian or not. And this allows us, this idea allows us to begin to unpack the great God of reconciliation. If you missed David's message again, please don't miss it. Sometime this week, don't let it go too long. You won't regret it. All right, upcoming this week is part five of Text Me with another familiar face from one of our worship leaders and members, Yvette Rivera. She will be highlighting her favorite text of Philippians 4.13. So she is about as a bubbly a person as yeah. you will ever <laughs> hope to talk to, and I'm anticipating her message will be uh, upbeat in her usual style as well, so you're definitely not going to miss it. 
that will do it for this week. Thank you to David for doing triple duty this week on the course of a Saturday morning. And of course, Jeff, welcome back. And Tom, thanks as always for making us sound good. And do join us again next week for episode 114. Thank you for listening and have a great week.